0: You're listening to Titans of Techcom, brought to you by Hereto, where you'll hear real stories from real people who have tried, failed, learned, and succeeded. Let's dive in.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Titans of Techcom. I'm your host, Vivek Nanda. I'm VP of Marketing at Hereto. And today I have a very special guest, Liz Herman. Hi, Liz.
0: Hello. How are you?
1: Great. How are you doing?
0: Good. I'm excited to be here today and to talk with you. Thank you so much for the invitation.
1: Oh, my pleasure. So Liz, first and foremost, tell us uh, where are you at the moment in your career? Where do you work? What's your role?
0: Yeah, right now I'm with Accenture Federal Services. I'm new to that organization. I just joined them in September. Uh, Super excited about the role uh, working on knowledge management. Probably no surprise to those who who know me and will get to know me through this podcast.
1: Wonderful. And uh, I always ask this question that growing up, you probably didn't even know that there is something called knowledge management or technical writing. So uh, how, when was the first time you discovered about this field? And then give us a little bit about how you ended up.
0: Yeah, you're right. I didn't know anything about it growing up. Um, I went into a journalism undergraduate degree uh, because I I am a good communicator. I'm a good writer. So that seemed to make sense for me. But I quickly discovered that I didn't necessarily want to be a news person or a copy editor. I wanted to take that skill and do something else with it. So it was probably around that time. This was early 90s that I was understanding that there was something out there called technical communication and uh, that's how I found my way into it. I fell into it, if you, you know, to be honest, I, I got a writing job and they called it uh, technical communication. And that's how I figured that out. Uh, and then from there, uh, I had a, you know, training background. I love to do training and in instructional design and delivery. And um, then in the early 2000s, knowledge management, that term came to me, you know, I started understanding and hearing about knowledge management and I was fascinated by it, Vivek, I was just fascinated by how can we understand how organizations know and learn? And so I kind of fell into that too, right? So I wasn't on my radar and then it came on my radar and I knew at that point that I really wanted to study more about it from an academic perspective. And so I I did my PhD in knowledge management, that focus.
1: Wow, that that's uh, that's uh, and and you you thought like that's the best route to go first like go PhD and then go into the field or did you get some time with some companies before and then you thought okay I need to go deeper
0: in parallel. Okay, so I decided to pursue you know my advanced education my master's degree in English and my PhD in business with the KM focus while I was being a practitioner so I did everything kind of part time to. Took me a lot longer, um, but I was really grateful for that experience because I I could apply what I learned directly to my work. Um, And so at the same time that I was going through that program specifically for knowledge management, I was getting a knowledge management job where I was trying to manage content and training for a large uh, contact center.
1: Wonderful. Yeah, it's I always say that when we are doing especially our higher education, it's worth if you have some professional experience along with it, because then it just clicks very differently. Because I remember when I was doing my bachelor's and this is like I was a <laughs> electronics and communication engineering and I had like literally no background work experience in it. Whereas when I was doing my MBA and while I was doing my especially marketing at Kellogg's, by then I was already build a following on social media and stuff. And I was able to so much connect to the topic and it was so much uh, easier to uh, grasp and really implement. I think the framework is what we learn through education. And if you have professional context, then it's easier to like just go out and implement and execute. So do you believe the same? Is it like uh, something you see as an advantage or advice just in general for everyone?
0: I do see it as an advantage in the sense of, you you said framework, a methodology. So you learn about a methodology and you get to apply it immediately And then you learn from that and figure out, okay, well, it worked for this particular scenario, but how do I apply it to the next scenario? So, you know, I think it can work both ways. I'm certainly not um, saying kind of the scholar practitioner route is the way that everyone has to go. Um, It worked out for me. And I just like the practicality of it, that I could apply something, take that methodology and test it out in the real world and see if it worked. Um, and sometimes it did, and sometimes it didn't, and sometimes it had to be, you know, customized and tweaked for the situation.
1: Uh, obviously, you, your current title is knowledge manager and knowledge in knowledge management. So the question I want to ask you, and again, I'll be honest, like I am also not very clear on the answer. So this is a learning, <laughs> I'm trying to learn here through you. Is there a difference between knowledge management and technical communications? Is there any, you know, because I, I've seen like titles all over the place, even in technical writing, by the way, information development, technical documentation, technical writing, and it's all over the place. So, so. but I want to just like focus on knowledge management and technical communication. Is there a difference between the two or are they the same?
0: I think there are shades of gray, let's say. I think they are different. They're different enough to me. And and how I can explain it is that I see technical communication enabling knowledge management. So knowledge workers are technical communicators. From a knowledge management perspective, kind of that macroscopic knowledge management perspective, tech comm is definitely an enabler. Because I don't know how you get good knowledge management if you don't have people also known as technical communicators or information developers or content writers who who understand how to write and write well and write to a specific audience. So it's a pillar of knowledge management. That's how I differentiate it.
1: Okay. And uh, I guess the question is this, right? Like, and I always see that. So technical writers, mostly the foundation of their work is really uh you know, the product information, right? Like the product is what they're trying to um, tell everything about it so that the consumer or the user can use it, right? And knowledge, I see it. And when I think about knowledge, I think of it, not just the product information. I also think of other pieces of knowledge, uh, other pieces of content, uh, almost like the policy and procedures are the, uh, uh, the, the, on learning and onboarding and training materials when I'm onboarding to an organization, for example, as a new employee, Uh, or even for partners, the materials that we are giving to them so they are able to resell our solutions. So technical writers, and this is where I get confused because I see technical writers doing all those things, even though those are not necessarily technical content, but because they are using the method to build this content and this is a lot of content. So, and they are using the tools, which is the skill set. Is that what makes them technical writer or, or is it completely unveil?
0: Wow, chicken egg question. Uh, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, but I think they can do all those things. And I think, uh, you know, I have a presentation that I give. It's kind of a humorous presentation about the many hats that technical writers wear right? Because we're not just one thing. So we can write the policy docs, we can, you know, do the design, uh, you know, we can do the snippets of content that's going to go into a larger content or learning management system. Um, I think it's just that core, to me, it's the communication, right? It's, It's having the ability, that core skill to write well and communicate well, that allows people who call themselves technical writers or whatever that shade of gray, you know, title is um, to contribute to knowledge management and to be part of that ecosystem.
1: Okay. Okay. I'll I'll take that. That makes sense to me. Um, So let's talk about uh, the, I call it the resurgence of (laughs) knowledge management. So Mm -hmm. COVID happened. And uh, because of that, certainly, we did see there is this growth in the industry for knowledge management, and this is from the both both sides, even from the companies, but also in general. Just like how we are, everybody is you know remote, and we are automatically there is a need of various to refer to information. We can't tap on each other's shoulder anymore. So, yeah. So do you think there has been a big change first on demand side because of COVID, and uh, and I put the second thing to it because experience is such a big part of how we consume information. So do you mm-hmm. think we are now seeing the birth of knowledge experience?
0: That's a good question. I'm pausing because I I don't think that knowledge management ever went away. Um, I think that the pandemic, I hope, has made the people part of knowledge management better in the sense that we were in a position where we suddenly we had to share information right, right. Um, We wanted to share information for kind of the common good. So I always think about when the pandemic started all of these people sharing you know here's how to make your own mask at home, here's how to sew your mask And to me at its very most basic fundamental you know level is what knowledge management is all about is sharing knowledge, and here, here's what I can give to you. Um, and so, I I think that the pandemic enabled that and made people less hesitant to share knowledge in the sense that, you know, it was kind of for the collective good. We want to put this out there. And I hope that that goodwill continues. And if you even take it into the organizational level, the back, which is what, you know, you and I are probably used to, right, working on KM from that perspective, even in organizations, like people, people had to rely on each other. We're all in a virtual environment and maybe you don't know where that file is anymore. And now you're not sitting next to someone, you know, that you can ask and enabling all those communication tools and virtual tools so that we can ask those questions of our colleagues and helping one one another out. I think that has, I hope, changed knowledge management and that we move forward from that perspective, you know, being a little more kind and gentle and, you know, sharing our knowledge. I, I hope that continues as we move forward. And I think finally, it was for the first time, maybe not the first time, but if you think of knowledge management as people, process, technology, you know, culture, from a people perspective, it was finally okay to ask, are you okay? How are you doing? You know, we're, we're in this together. And that's so important in a knowledge culture. So I, I hope that continues. The second part of your question about knowledge experience, I think it I think, yes, it has it has a new focus. It has kind of a new resurgence. It's very cyclical because it kind of goes in the hole and nobody talks about it. And then everybody talks about it. Um, You know, you and I are there along for the whole Ferris wheel (laughs) up and down roller coaster ride. but I I think um, I know certainly the federal government. So I work with the United States federal government pretty pretty consistently. They, you know, they're getting it now from a customer experience perspective. Um, There's so much focus on customer experience and making sure our beneficiaries and constituents and participants are having a good experience with their federal government. Um, Knowledge management is a contributor to that, obviously. And so helping uh, those different agencies in the government understand how knowledge management can enable better customer service i think is really kind of on trend right now and we're back up at the top of the roller coaster
1: yeah and and uh it's funny in a way that how you're talking about the trends here and uh, i think that part of it is because we have had so much information and our behaviors are switched to what we were calling customer experience has switched a bit now like i yeah. it was more about like can I, can I have someone attending me? Right. Like it was more like that maybe 20 years ago. And mm-hmm. now with how we are consuming information, it's, it's more about, can I have it on the tap of my, you know, on screen. Right. Information yes. Without picking up or without calling anyone, anyone else. And, and I think uh, this is why I'm thinking the definition of customer experience or employee experience uh, it's, Earlier knowledge was part of it. It was always part of it, that pillar. But I think now the percentage of that within that pie of experience, knowledge has a bigger share than it was earlier. Like it was earlier, yeah. it was more about uh, maybe other experiences, like how, uh, you know, interpersonal skills, like you talked yeah. about how someone took the call, how, how you know, how you was like, uh, things like those have like diminished in their percentage in that pie. Of yeah. experience, whereas uh, knowledge has probably grown because the information has grown, and yeah. which is what is really exciting to see. Like uh, the the way it's, the pace of the class is fastest going is, uh, and I always say like now we we're trying to control so much even on the tech side, like recommendations based on how the person is viewing or who's viewing. Mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. like the whole gambit of you know, tech happening. And we don't know what's the right one because it's, there's like, obviously, ethical questions and other other stuff. Like, is that the right thing to do or not? Or your Mm -hmm. search should show only stuff that's like you've been searching or it should really show the stuff to explore and, you know, expand your horizon beyond what you are. So, and uh, what do you think? Like, what what do you think are few of the trends in knowledge management space that you are looking in that you feel like, you know, these are, these are, I'm excited about these things.
0: Yeah, well, I'm excited that, you know, we're still having a conversation about this and having more and more conversations about it, right? Um, And that people are tying knowledge management to things like customer experience and user experience. Because it's great to be connected, right? And we need to advocate. I think we've always been connected to technology, but specifically what you were talking about with maybe artificial intelligence or RPA, you know, keeping that connection between KM and uh, automation is and technology is really important. Um, I think from a, a context center perspective, so I'm going to go kind of microscopic here, from a context contact center perspective, what you were talking about, like people wanted at the tip of their fingertips, meeting people in their channel of choice is, is so important now and having knowledge distributed in a way that can work, whether you're calling or on the web or you're in a chat or you're on your phone, um, or, you know, maybe you're still emailing. Um, that's, that's critical. And again, knowledge management enables all that. So I'm excited to see that. And I don't think we have got there yet across the universe, right? I know we haven't gotten there yet across the universe. Sometimes we're hampered by maybe policies and procedures that need to change. Um, Sometimes we're just happy maybe hampered by, you know, kind of lack of critical thinking about what our customers want. And I'll share an example, a personal example, a few weeks ago, I was asked to provide some, um, what would you call it, like information that it was me, right? It's actually me wanting to make this transaction um, for a financial institution. And I had to uh, fax something, I had to fax the information, I had to make copies. And fax this information. And I actually called the number to say, "Are you sure there's not like a secure upload, or you know, there's not some other way? Because I don't, I don't. Where do I have a fax? I have to figure out, you know, how to fax this. So uh, I think there's still a way to go. But I'm excited that we're we're thinking about things like that now from a knowledge management perspective, um, and figuring out how do we do this better. Um, and how do we do it in this culture of immediacy where, I mean, I'm the average consumer in the sense if I, if I want it, Vivek, I want it now. I need it now. I'm looking for it now. I have to have the answer now. Uh, knowledge management enables all that.
1: Wonderful. And, and uh, this fax thing is so annoying. I have my, just like a few days ago, I was uh, reaching out to a doctor's officer and literally I had to fax them like, this is New York, Manhattan, <laughs> and similar yeah. to facts uh, to a doctor who's running his office in downtown Manhattan. So uh, it's yes. crazy. But uh, I, I do see, like you said, uh, I think there is still a way to go where AI and everything will remain connected with KM. Agreed. But, but I think the biggest uh, leap is how are we making the art let's say how technology is removing the silos. i think that's important for and this is the thing i i mean this is our philosophy and again this is probably feels like a shameless plug for our product a bit but uh, one of the things that we've heard and also see it a lot is the yes technical writers are obviously writing ton of content and, and we are making their life easier but how are we able to connect everyone else in that knowledge chain through one technology. Like it's not like we need to bring them in because mm-hmm. if they either and everybody to the point from A to Z, to the point from creation to consumption is involved and be it approval. If it's like the regulatory process or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, e-signatures and stuff like that. And we actually built those stuff pretty much, uh, last year. And, uh, and this was after hearing these things, like, hey, what about the legal review? (laughs) Because that means who's coming, who's bringing the the legal team in and making Mm -hmm. sure their review's happening. Also, not uh, almost like sequential because sequential cycles are slower. How that can happen in parallel when those, content production cycles are running. By the way, and that's running all the time because we are generating, everybody is building content all the time. it never stops, right? So it needs to happen in parallel to this. So, and this is why we, we take a lot of pride of it. And this works in our favor because ours is a structured content based system. So obviously each piece of content can have an author and a reviewer and a contributor and they can move on from a small chunk to the next chunk and the other person without locking other each other and keep working so that we saw a good feedback on that and uh, we are obviously excited about moving into ai and we built chatbot for some big insurance companies because uh, what, uh, what the realization is this ai machine learning everything is at the end it's based on what's fed to them right like mm-hmm. so how clean is your data which is like by saying yeah. that structured data absolutely and, and uh, so making sure the right input is given to the mm-hmm. chat you'll mm-hmm. get the right output more accurate yeah. answers yeah
0: and i think
1: and i i feel like a lot of uh, while i saw everything good in the industry i still see i still saw in last couple of years, a ton of AI companies came in, which just tried to sell it on the hype like AI, AI, but they never talked about how the data was getting fed into this. And and then a lot of companies actually, or a lot of consumers actually bought it, Mm -hmm. put those chat bots, and then it wasn't accurate or the bots were like-
0: Yeah, it didn't work, it didn't work.
1: And, and that's like a bad image for tech. And then what happens yeah. is people become uh, risk averse again. So um, as far as I am a big fan of obviously AI and tech, but mm-hmm. I feel like there's also uh, in, especially in like, I mean, I, I guess it's just a problem, not just in KM space, but overall, how do you see like we can educate the market more on like understanding that, you know, AI and machine learning can only work if yeah. the foundation of your content or data is like rightly set, and because this is just the output engine that's going to throw output based on what you need. What are your thoughts on it? Have you faced similar, or you have clients where you have to explain them similar similar situation?
0: Well, yeah, because I, uh, many times, and I, you know, it's just educating them. It's not easy work, but it's you know, educating them one on one on one on one, right? Um, yeah you know, one size doesn't fit all, but everybody gets excited about the technology, but then you have to focus on the process and the people. And for AI, and I'm so glad you brought up chatbots because that got so much attention, right? But it's like, where is the content coming from? You have to feed something to this. So, you know, here we are, hey, we're the, you know, knowledge management content team. We can actually like, you know, feed this content to the chatbot. Um, it's just educating them one at a time to say, you know, yes, we're, you know, we're happy about it too. We're gung-ho about it too. We've seen a lot of spectacular failures with chatbot. So we need to just make sure that we you understand kind of what the underpinning is of that, that something, the data, the content has to feed that. And then if you'll let me just evangelize for a minute, Vivek, <laughs> you know, the other thing that people forget about, like the maintenance. Right. So yeah. I am like a one woman show for the past few years, talking to people about how, you know, you have to maintain it. And people forget about that part. It's not as fun. It's not as glamorous. It's not as sexy. But that's the only way that you're going to to be able to sustain and grow and, you know, maintain a customer base, you know, that you have is if you're getting rid of old content, right, surfacing new content, it it never ends, it's cyclical, and it continues to go around and round. but people get really super excited at the beginning of the project, myself included, and you get resources,
1: right, you get resources,
0: because yeah. you're going to put this thing together, whatever it is, a chatbot or a knowledge management tool or a portal, you know, an FAQ portal, and you get these resources in the beginning as a project manager to work on it. And then, um, you know, and then as you go into kind of just operations, steady state, whatever you want to call it, then you don't always have the sustained resources to maintain that. So that would be something I would love for people to think about you know from this podcast is wait a minute how how are we going to maintain this and fund what, this and after uh, after operations
1: for sure i'm completely with you this is like uh uh you know we need to we need to echo this message louder that's what it is so uh but great point yeah i think really great point now let's talk about people a bit so yeah you know obviously i've heard you've heard probably how do we, uh, How do people in tech comm or knowledge management, how do they can accelerate their progressions within the organization? I, I feel like it's not so clear. Their paths are never clear, especially right. in the organizations where they are like not like a separate department for knowledge or, you know, tech pubs. So yeah. how, how do you see they can grow in careers and within the orgs?
0: Well I, I think that you always have to think about that skill set and how you can apply it to other roles. And so I have been an advocate for the past decade plus that technical communicators make great project managers. and that cool. one of their ways to move through an organization is to think about project management because it takes it takes good communication, right? It takes the ability to understand an audience. Um, It takes the ability to pay attention to detail with which a lot of, you know, technical writers kind of have that innate ability to pay attention to the details. So start looking for roles where the things that make us good technical communicators, you know, make make people in those roles successful. So I do a whole education series about you know you, you as a technical writer have a future as a project manager if that's if that's what you want to go you know if that's where you want to go and knowledge management i think that you have to Um, you know, again, find those roles. Vivek, I think you talked about titles early on at the beginning, Mm -hmm. right? It just, it's not probably going to be as easy. Sometimes it is, but it's not going to be as easy just saying knowledge manager, knowledge manager, knowledge manager. So you have to find what are those parallels? You know, you have to look at all the different titles and try to understand kind of what, what fits within knowledge management. But again, you know, an understanding of kind of how technology enables people and processes, um, you know, Finding uh, the right culture fit with an organization, I think is important because not all organizations are going to be you know, pro-KM or be supportive of that. And so I think probably some of us over our careers may have maybe have left cultures that weren't kind of like, we get it, we don't know how we're going to do it, but we get it and we see a place here for knowledge management. Um, right. Hopefully more and more organizations are coming to that realization that there is a place for knowledge management in the organization.
1: Even to that. And um, how about uh, college students? Like, obviously, like I said, I had no awareness of this field even existed when I was in college. So how, how to launch a career in knowledge management? Do you think, like, I, I'm, I'm sure you're teaching also. I know that you've done it in school. So, but how do we get it to the college students?
0: It's tough. It's tough because I I talk to people all the time who say, I didn't know what that was, or I just learned about this. Like I have a bachelor's in history and I just learned that there's this field out there that I'm interested in. Um, I don't, I don't know that it's as easy um, to do, but trying to kind of figure out what programs or certifications could be offered around that kind of specific knowledge management curricula. I think, I mean, I'm one of those people I see technical communication and knowledge management in everything that we do. So I think it applies to every single discipline. Um, we just need to get the word out that if you're a history major, or an English major, or a sociology major, or a science major, or an engineer, that that's knowledge management and technical communication, figuring out how to communicate and where the pieces of the bubble go. Um, we just, I don't know, it's, it's tough. We, we have to do a better job of, of showing uh, students that career path that's out here.
1: Yeah. One of the things I had, I mean, honestly, from my background was like my parents were like, you know, service class and mom was teacher. My dad was in military um, Mm -hmm. and my uncle was in military. In the beginning, I had no idea even of engineering. I was like, I want to be an officer in Army. Right. So I think it's really the exposure and exposing. Is uh, And also the schooling or education system in India is like everybody's like taught two ways only like you be a doctor or an an engineer. So it's very much like that. But uh, I do see now, at least in the schooling level, at least for example, fields like marketing, and even more creative fields, those are starting to show up in college. But I think uh, when I think about knowledge or you know this knowledge management or technical writing, it, it is very far. Like it's so far that uh, only people only discover it, first of all, by chance. Yeah. And second, unless they are not in tech, it's very rare. Like they, you will even like pass by something like that. So uh, I don't know the best answer to, but I hope that uh, you know the uh, more people can, really talk about like you're doing it for the you know tech come to being a pm somebody can talk mm-hmm. about also uh, fill that void of a career in you know knowledge management or technical writing can be a blessing i feel like it's a it's such a great career in a way where it's like you can grow really into tech being like you said a project manager or product mm-hmm. manager and uh it's I, I feel like it's just like just need to get more spotlight and then more people. All right, cool. So it has been great, Liz. I think uh, before I conclude the conversation, I always ask this question to all my guests. Would you like to tell the world one thing that no one in your professional circles know about you? One thing, this is your chance to share. Could be anything.
0: Wow. Oh, I feel like I have to sit up for this. (laughs) <laughs> um does it doesn't have to be like about me like my life or like work or like a fun no. fact about liz herman
1: anything that's like doesn't have to be professional you know outside of work but about yeah. obviously about you but anything
0: um i will say that i love to listen to music loud dance in my living room dance in the kitchen and karaoke like not go to a bar and karaoke but just sing in my house out loud to myself my dog sometimes goes in the other room but like that is how i just kind of like let loose and i love to listen to lots of different music and so i i listen to music and dance around my house
1: wonderful so are there any uh parties at your place are karaoke party then it becomes home karaoke parties
0: No, because I don't sing in front of anybody. I just sing to myself. I am like the number one karaoke person in the car. And I I am not ashamed. So if you pull up next to me at the intersection, I will be like, yeah, this is my jam.
1: (laughs) All right, cool. So, well, that's great. Uh, Very fascinating. So anytime, I guess, uh, in D.C., whenever you're passing by any red light, keep an eye on this. And she might be next to you in her car. (laughs) So that's great. Uh, cool. Last thing. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you or ask you more questions?
0: Yeah, I am on LinkedIn, so you can find me Liz Herman PhD. If you search for that, you should bring up my LinkedIn profile, and I would I would love to connect. Listen, I love building my network. Again, thank you so much for the opportunity. I love talking about this stuff. I joke that knowledge management is my love language. I just really dig talking about it. So yeah, look me up on LinkedIn, Liz Herman, PhD.
1: All right. Uh, again, thank you, Liz. What a great conversation. I think we'll certainly try to have you again on the show. But for now, people who want to get in touch, you know she's on LinkedIn. And uh, yes, uh, this has been an absolute pleasure. And thank you once again for your time.
0: Thanks. for Thanks for listening to Titans of Techcom, brought to you by Hereto. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Looking forward to next time with more real stories from real people just like you.